0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Look, it's not your team, it's you.
0: Welcome everybody to another episode of It's Not Your Team, It's You here on the Believe Podcast Network, where each and every single one of you, even you lonely Texas fans, joining me in my just utter depression this weekend. Welcome to our show. I'm your host, Tyler Coe,
1: And I'm your host, Haley Graves, and I gotta say, as the Aggie of our duo, I'm right there along with you, feeling the woes of this season.
0: (laughs) Oh, it was a good weekend. Had a lot of fun with that one. Um,
1: I mean, I had a great time <laughs> watching Texas lose to TCU. Like, it was a highlight. I knew what was gonna, what the situation was with a and I've known that. But the, it was a surprise for me seeing what happened with Texas and TCU. So well, you that know, was I, enjoyable.
0: It wasn't that big of a surprise for me either because I called it at the end of last show. I put Texas on upset alert. I was like, I do not trust this. TCU owns Texas. And lo and behold, <laughs> they lay an egg. Of course, they... Freaking lost. Um, yeah. but AM, my gosh, Haley it was 14-14 at one point. You know, I'm like, all right, Aggies, here we go. And yeah. then I go to the other room for like two seconds, I come back and it's 35-14 uh, yeah. Bama. And I'm like, oh well, that that's
1: that escalated quickly.
0: Damn, whatever. I
1: mean, I mean, that's like that, I mean, it's what Trevor said. You pretty much have to play very flawlessly against Alabama because they do capitalize on even the smallest mistakes. And when I say small mistakes, a didn't do anything disastrous they had you know unfortunately it was a fourth and two situation and their receiver slash running back Anaya Smith ball hit his hands and he dropped it and that was a very very pivotal play in the game and AM just could never get the momentum back after that point. So Those,
0: those are marks of really good teams, you know, when we're talking right. about the Bama's and the Clemsons that they make you pay for the little things. Right. The time. That's just And,
1: what and AM felt that. A&M they felt that. Did. But we'll we'll get a lot more into AM because oh, yeah. that overall that was not even a great performance. Like, I'm glad that you can pat yourself on the shoulder for hanging with them for a quarter. But, hey, there was a lot of football left on that field. And, overall, it did not look good at all. So,
0: did not. Uh, all hail SMU, the kings of Texas. The, the show ponies in the Southwest are the only undefeated team <laughs> in the state of Texas. Hey, so congratulations. I've
1: been, hey, I've been high on th- – smu since the beginning so keep it going ponies we're rooting you for you
0: you have and i i am a uh, shane Bouchelle stan ever there since he left texas love the kid i love that he's balling out go ponies yeah um, this show is available guys on all of your favorite platforms at believe.com that's B-L-E-A-V.com and you can go to our show page at Believe Podcast on Instagram or if you're watching us on YouTube hopefully you've already liked and subscribed to our channel it's not your team it's you and uh, of course we're a show of the people we always want your comments so your voicemails your texts your emails uh, you can send those to 404-919-2137 we got a few texts uh most of them were bashing both of our schools (laughs) of course i
1: also love the memes that we've been getting that we get tagged in the memes are very fun and very creative so i appreciate this
0: they've been crushing it i love it i love it um all right so let's get the um let's get some uh business out of the way first uh of course You guys should be betting uh, this college football season on teams like Clemson and Alabama to just run the ship and go. And if you want to do that, go to betonline.ag. From game spreads totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And, guys, they have a casino that's open 24-7. And right now, if you're not feeling college football, we got the NBA finals. Can Jimmy Butler take the heat all the way, put him on his back? No. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, it was fun last, it was fun this week though, to watch them be, uh, take one. Uh, right. and then we have the divisional series, which I'm a huge Padres fan because of Mr. Tatis Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. so if you want to go bet on those, head on over to betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. Haley, yeah. now that that's done. Let's dive into this mess. I think we have some awards to hand out. Do you want
1: to start? We do. Awards, yes. I will start with my favorite award, the Remember the Titans Award, which goes to the team that was it. it the most complete in all three phases of the game. And, you know, this week, guys, this was kind of a hard one for me to decide on because there are some pretty dominant performances across the entire slate of college football. Take that for what it is, but there was. And I have to give this award to the Georgia Bull dogs they looked spicy Mm -hmm. they looked ready to play against an sec west opponent so we know that's never easy although how i don't know exactly what to make of the auburn tigers quite yet but with that being said they still defeated them handedly 27 to 6 not even allowing auburn to score i think that was really the focus of this game was the fact that the georgia bulldogs um just completely shut down auburn's offense they only kicked two field goals i mean they guys They allowed only 216 yards of offense, and not only that, 39 rush yards. Not 39 attempts, 39 rush yards in total. That is unbelievable. So with that being said, Stetson Bennett is playing extremely well, high-level football. We know Georgia also has JT Barrett in their back pocket, so this team's only going to keep getting better. Keep an eye out for them. They're my award winner this week.
0: JT Daniels, JT Barrett. I sorry, mean, be, sorry. How, Jay, if, I would love uh, it
1: to be JT Barrett, I would too. actually. That, I, well, if you were a <laughs> fan, you'd be like,
0: that would be an unstoppable team if you had JT Barrett in backfield. But well, it
1: was – <laughs> I'm just thinking about Ohio State, clearly. <laughs>
0: you got him on the brain. It's fine. Uh, Stetson Bennett did look good. We were all wondering what that quarterback situation was going to be like at Georgian. If they play like right. that every week, oh, watch out. Um, right. Got to watch out for this guy, too. You know, we declared this team dead kind of week one. But by far, uh, the biggest shocker, if you will, that flipped the landscape in the Big 12 (laughs) was Iowa State over Oklahoma. And I'm giving my ice in his veins to Brees Hall, who's absolutely dominant, put the team on his back in the second half. He had 139 yards rushing on the ground. Most of that came in the second half. The man could not be tackled, uh, just destroyed that Oklahoma defense and basically iced the game for the Cyclones that got their first, they ended their streak. Uh, uh, over Oklahoma or losing to Oklahoma since 1960 at home. So congratulations wow. to the Cyclones. And that really did, and we'll get into that later, Haley, about yep. that, that's, that, that win right there by Iowa State has sent shockwaves throughout the country.
1: It absolutely has really solidified where Oklahoma's at this season and just they just got to keep going. But given how great Brees Hall did, There was another Big 12 running back that deserves my Mr. Unlimited (laughs) award. And that is going to go to Chuba Hubbard. Welcome to the show, Chuba. You know, these first couple weeks have not been kind to him. We've seen what Oklahoma State's um, offensive line looks like when they're playing really bad. And this week was a case of them playing excellent. Granted, they're playing Kansas. But regardless, Chuba Hubbard, 20, 20 carries, 145 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, they're the lone big undefeated team in the Big 12, so.
0: That's who you pin your hopes on. It's like, yep. it's, it is, I know it was, like you said, it was Kansas, but we've all been waiting to be like, guy, like Chuba, let's go. You are right. like the top running back besides Travis Etienne, who is right. on another level right now playing for Clemson. Uh, like, we've wanted to see him get going, so it's nice to see that the gears are starting to go. And maybe this yep. train is one that can't be stopped in the Big 12. If you are a Big 12 fan, that's your lone hope to get you into yep. the playoffs as of right now. Um, and Wild. so it's crazy. Uh, so I, have, uh, I, I choose celebrations for my awards because there's been so many good ones. I know you love the, the champagne confetti for SMU, which was awesome. But I'm going old school this week because I got to give a shout out to Sam Pittman and the Hogs for taking down Mississippi State. Ending wow. a 20 game losing streak in the SEC, to conference opponents, and it was a simple ice bath on the back, Gatorade drenched. Mm-hmm. It was happy I was happy for him. I was happy for those yeah. hogs that it has been so long being at the bottom of the cellar to finally have some hope to pin themselves on.
1: I think for me, that was the most surprising game of the weekend. Like more surprising than Texas losing TCU, more surprising than Iowa State upsetting Oklahoma that Arkansas victory was one thing that I did not expect. Some people didn't think that Arkansas was going to win a game this year, having to have an all sec slate. So good for them. And yes, SMU deserves some recognition here for their bottle service turnover celebration because it's it's awesome. It's wild. And yes, people, you see it. It looks just like when you get bottle service in the club, they've got the signs, they've got the bottles, they've got the confetti. Even in this past week's game, confetti was all over the field, causing delays. It was absurd. And not only that, did you see that a whole student section had to get kicked out of the SMU game because they weren't following social distancing rules? I mean, I'm very excited about SMU, but clearly their students are as well about this team.
0: Their students need to start taking it more serious. Serious like SMU is taking football right now. You need to match <laughs> that level of intensity because they're firing on a high cylinder. They're doing what they need to be doing. They're quarantining. They're masking up. They're taking care of themselves. Yep follow suit okay because they will lead you to the you can have land.
1: your intensity just in a different yes, energy yes. source
0: go be mad about having to wear a mask outside of the stadium and don't be throwing <laughs> beer on players that was not yeah. cool I mean, did you see that Haley they were like yeah. dumping like don't do that that's just they're just <laughs>
1: trying to channel the inner XFL who XFL players would go and take beer cans out of fans hands and just uh, like shotgun them right after a play so <laughs> that's where uh, they were at their heads were at
0: just you got to pick it up, you know. If you're gonna get to that, if you want to play at a championship level, SMU, you got to match it, okay? You got to be on the same page. Um, by the way, I want to, I do want to mention something. Um, I was, I want to raise my hand, not shocked at all that Mississippi State lost for SEC fans that are not familiar with Mike Leach. Fair, this, this is Fair. Fair. Mike Leach. Mike Leach Fair. did this all the time in the Big 12 put together a good team beat a team that he absolutely had no business doing the very next week yeah. they drop one to you know <laughs> Kansas or god knows who this is leach for They're... you and we talked about this is that he will win you very big games he will also blow it in games that they have no business losing and that was
1: which that I mean, happened this week
0: it's like mike leach ends the longest winning streak in the sec and then ends the l- longest losing streak in the sec <laughs> in a matter of 2 weeks that is Mike's doing it right. I love
1: it. I love it. And also to mention to that, someone else who's been doing it right is Trevor Lawrence. We have to give him a shout out. We're recording this podcast on Tuesday and it is his birthday. We believe it might even be his 21st birthday. So big one for him. And, you know, just going to pay homage to him and what he's done so far in his college football career. You know, national champion as a true freshman. He's broken school records for most pass touchdowns as a freshman and sophomore. 314 passes without an interception, which was also another school record starting twenty 25-0, and 0, which hadn't happened, you know, in 40-plus years by an FBS quarterback. So just paying a little homage to him. Happy birthday, Trevor. I know you don't listen. But, you know what, regardless, go wish him a happy birthday.
0: I, yeah, I think that's great. Trevor, you know, I, it's it's like that Brooks and Dunn song, you're going to miss me when I'm gone. Like, enjoy Trevor this year. Right. Because – Next year, it's going to be right. interesting at the top of who's going to be the best quarterback. It feels like he's been a mainstay forever, and right. he's been awesome this year. And he's he really has been stellar this year, completing yeah. 73% of his passes. It's a career best, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. He hasn't even had to break a sweat yet, really, Haley. Um, and I'm excited, and we're going to talk about it, obviously, some major games coming up this weekend. Clemson-Miami mm-hmm. being one of them. Trevor so might be taking off the, the training uh, wheels and going Full steam ahead. Um, So excited. So I have have one more. I have an award from a fan, by the way. Uh, Brody from Houston said. uh, Brody,
1: you're back. What's up, man? Brody's the best. He's responded before. Brody's (laughs) the best.
0: Uh, Brody said, I got an award for Oklahoma. uh, The Surrender Cobra Memorial Award for losing twice in a row for the first time since 1998 and first loss at Iowa State since 1960. Which is good. The Surrender, you know, everybody does it. Everybody, we've all been there. I was there this weekend multiple times, Haley. I'm sure you had a few. Um, but that's no, my...
1: <laughs> I'm used to AM at this point. You're There's you're no surprising. There
0: like don't care. <laughs> I
1: just sit here like, all right.
0: Um, so my last award, it goes to my dynamic duo. And this one is a little bit of a twist, because my dynamic duo goes to Texas and TCU. Yes. Texas and TCU get the dynamic duo award for playing the worst football game myself and potentially the world has ever witnessed in the big 12. And you would say Tyler Tyler is is the most
1: dramatic Longhorn fan. The fact that he is (laughs) choosing to highlight this pitiful ass game instead of actually highlighting two players that busted their ass to play. Well, Tyler's over here. Trying to highlight the shitty game.
0: Yes, I absolutely am. Because it needs to be recognized for its shittiness.
1: So Haley, dramatic.
0: Texas and TCU set a Big 12 record for they most did. penalties <laughs> in a first quarter. They were on pace to break the record that was set by <laughs> Fresno State and San Jose State, which was 36 penalties. These teams combined for 26 They were on their way. It took them three tries to get the kickoff right because of three straight penalties. (laughs) You had a review of a review. You had a unsportsmanlike on Gary Patterson for tripping a ref. This game should have been nuked from orbit. It was truly terrible. And I'm it, just
1: going to say that this is like some cosmic forces coming into play here. The fact that it's so ironic you've been preaching how much you love Miami's lack of discipline, and then here your team comes out and shows even less discipline than we've seen from Miami.
0: Here's the thing is that Miami's breaking discipline like when they're, they're like talking shit and they're winning big. <laughs> like you, That's fine if you're winning. Like I think everybody can, for the most part, agree wherever you fall on trash talk, but if you talk shit and you back it up, Fine, right. you have a 100% clearance to do that. Right, but Texas does not do that. This was a peak Texas game. Uh, uh, congratulations to the Longhorns for again not being back and uh, you know failing to exceed those preseason expectations we put on you every year for a decade now. It's been quite a joy. I so, have yeah.
1: a question for our anyone listening, um, and for you, Tyler. Who is the more overrated program? In just in the past 20 years in history between Notre Dame and Texas?
0: Here's the thing. Um, Man, that's really good. I would say that it would be – I don't know if you could say 20 years. I would say if you were to look at the past 10 years without a doubt, it's Texas without a doubt, even though you would say that both teams have had national title appearances. However, Notre Dame is um, even getting rolled in that title game against Bama and, you know – Maniteo's fake girlfriend and all that shit. (laughs) That is a program that has continued to build. That really wasn't that good of a team. uh, A team that continues to go to the playoffs, that continues to be a national power. Um, But
1: are they? Like, they really haven't been.
0: Well, this is kind of one of those years. This, Haley, uh, like we kind of talked about with Texas, what Jesse Palmer said at the beginning of the year that we talked about, if not now, when? When? Right. Notre Dame and Texas kind of in the same boat of, like, Texas, you have a clear shot to the Big 12. And if anybody's been watching the Big 12, you know that if Texas was I- at least competent, they'd be doing right. that. Right. Notre Dame, you'd play nobody. This year, you are on a loaded ACC. Let's see what you can do. So nice. I think, I mean, when we're talking about ceilings right now, as programs, as trajectories, Notre Dame's heading up. Texas is heading down.
1: Well, and then I also asked on my personal Twitter after the loss of – after Texas's loss, after a ms loss, I – genuinely and confused because both programs, as as we've discussed, are kind of in the same boat and they're both chasing this idealism of what their fan base and their donors and all their supporters want their programs to be, but they're just falling short year after year. So which program between A&M and Texas truly is closer to becoming elite? Because it feels like neither. Like literally yes, neither of them that is correct answer. are push. doing push. what's needed. Yeah. No, it's... they're
0: not. It's, um, it, it's, it, people are starting to pick up on it now. And um, yeah. I mean, you and I have had our pulse on that for a long time because of, of, right. of, of what we do. Our
1: fandoms, yeah.
0: But um, when you look at Texas and Texas A&M, they are one and two in moneymakers in the country. Together, they have more money than most of the top schools. They, right. These are the best facilities, the best stadiums, probably one of the most, if not the most, rec- uh, fertile recruiting ground in the country um paying coaches big time money big time social everything and like you said right. they have done nothing with it you look at since Jimbo Fisher uh this is a fun little stat here for you Haley uh for on the AM side and trust me I'm gonna get to the Texas bashing side yep. momentarily um since Jimbo has got to College Station AM has lost to Bama I want to make sure I get this right 45 47 and 52 and like COVID numbers in America, that is going the wrong direction. Things right. are not getting better for A&M at a level. You're wanting to see that recruiting. And on. you're wanting to see those next guys step up when you have opt-outs or, or, or injuries. And it's the same thing on the Texas side. Right. Urban Meyer talks about it all the time. Where's the talent? How many guys have you had drafted in the NFL in the past couple of years? Like, where is the player No, A&M,
1: same thing. A&M is – trending downward you know going back to the 2016 class which is also Kevin Sumlin's first official class at a I think there was 13 guys in that draft class and since then this past year we had six go out for the draft two draft or yeah two draft picks one being the kicker
0: that's yeah that's telling um, when, yeah. when it's recruiting is the lifeblood of a program and when you right. have It's frustrating for those fans bases because when you have two big programs like that, that are known throughout the country, just massive, and you can't get the top tier talent there. But even if you do, you can't develop Mm -hmm. them. And that's something that Texas and Texas A&M also share. The is the
1: development.
0: It's how many, uh, you know, it's the joke with A&M. How many five-star quarterbacks have you had on campus, but none of them have got you anything? How many blue chippers have come to Texas only to be kicked off the team or drop out? Like, there's, a, there's clearly a mismanagement, not only just with these coaches, but uh, it, Haley, at least from my perspective for Longhorns, um, Texas is, is a poisonous program right now. Something is wrong. Something's sick. Like you got to look under the hood and go deeper than just, just a right. first glance. Uh, from top to bottom, there is a problem with the culture. And I don't mean it like in a nefarious way, but like a winning way, a winning tradition, right. a winning mentality is, is not there at Texas, and I feel it's the same way at a and The want to is there with all the money, all the additions and everything else, right. but it is not put on the field. Texas well, is paying Tom Herman to lose to TCU $6 million to do that. Jimbo's getting 7.5 to get boat rowed by
1: Alabama again. Right. I mean, and it's one of those things like, you know, this past weekend we saw with, uh, with A&M, like the thing that's the most concerning is I have brought this up before with a and is it's the same tale. AM secondary has been disastrous. And you think that I'm being dramatic? I am not. Alabama averaged 16 yards per catch. 16. That's
0: almost two first like, downs. Just aware. Right there. Thank you. Aware. Glad the math is <laughs> just there. Just making sure. And,
1: and not even just that, they averaged by the end of the game 10 and a half yards per play. They were getting a first down every time they snapped the ball. That is Disgusting. I mean, a And M at least a And M did put up numbers on offense. They absolutely did. The points doesn't show that, but they did. They still put up over four hundred yards of offense, which great. yippee ha Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like Kellen Mond, congrats. Like you're keeping this team afloat at this point because that's disgusting. And a And M now is about to have to host a Florida team that is rolling. They're averaging almost four hundred yards passing per game. Nine yards per catch. Like, if a And M secondary doesn't get their shit together, it's going to be bad this season. And and it's like, and it's frustrating. And you can hear the anger in my voice. And it's only because of the fact that a is consistently bad in the secondary. And maybe, and not necessarily safeties, because even going back to my time there, we had strong safeties. It's corners. I don't understand how you allow so much separation between yourselves and receivers from other teams. It doesn't matter who it is. It's, it's beyond disappointing. And that's, that's my biggest takeaway from this past week. Like you cannot let opponents beat you like that through the air. And that's all they have to do to text Zainab in order to win.
0: And it's kind of scary too, on top of that for AM Haley, that Alabama is not a finished product on offense. Right. Yeah, they got amazing weapons. Let's no no question about that. But Mac Jones still coming into his own. I don't know if he's the world beater that AM made him out to be, but it's scary to think about you gotta go play Kyle Trask now and Kyle Pitts. I don't even know what that's gonna be. And we've
1: like. and we've seen the ceiling in last week what a Mississippi State offense can do to a depleted secondary. And that's who AM has. Next weekend after Florida, this weekend. So, unless they really turn their shit around right now, it's about to get ugly before it gets better for Texas AM.
0: Well, Texas AM and Texas are making a very good case for why coaches should not be getting bloated, huge contracts because the return has to be there. Right. And, uh, I think on the flip side for me in Texas, I think I was texting you over the weekend that, you know, if Herman loses to Oklahoma this weekend, his tenure in Austin will be done. The rumblings are already Oh,
1: been. you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tyler, but, yeah. Tyler again, going back to his dramatic longhorn. Like, I don't think AM needs to give up on Jumbo. I do think that there is a very strong recruiting base. And I do think that he is getting his pieces in play to be successful. But Tyler's the dramatic longhorn over here. He texts me, he's fired. He's gonna be done. Like, well, to, like I'm not he's the only one one ready I, to you know. dust his hands <laughs> of Tom Herman. Because let me tell you this, people, all right? You you had your AM stat, I have my Longhorn stat. Yes. Longhorns have lost six games as an AP ranked team against unranked opponents since 2017 when Tom Herman took over. The most in college football over that span. That is telling. Telling. That means they're they're losing the games that they need to be winning, and that is what's preventing your program from becoming elite
0: I think that is definitely one of them for sure and that goes yeah. back that that has been a decade long problem ever since uh, the, and, uh thirty for thirty could be written on this because it could be <laughs> like eighty years before Texas wins another national championship. and when Col McCoy went down against Alabama, that did something to Mac Brown, and that Mac Brown was not the same. Charlie Strong comes in after. Agreed. Uh, The failings are the same. Tom Herman is here. So in year four, which I agree with you on Jimbo, that he's going into year four, but it better get there quick because the seat's going to get hotter. When I look at Tom Herman in year four, these are your guys. You got new O.C., new DC things need to be better and I want to read you this quote Haley from Tom Herman I want you to tell me if this thing is, <laughs> is going to work. Is this about
1: being good tacklers
0: no not about being good tacklers I, I think sometimes we over complicate football and then we just need to look at the models of things that are working because right at, at the pro we know at the pro level it's a copycat league well it is at college too of like what works and right. following the mantras of old coaches that were successful here's what Tom Herman said after uh the game and losing to TCU for his uh, third time since being coach of Texas. I need to have a deep conversation with our leadership council and find out the psyche of our team. We've got to find a way to make sure that whatever it is that caused the breakdowns today doesn't happen again. Now, I'm my- just
1: going to throw it out there. My initial reaction to that is why is the head coach? Do you not have a pulse on where your team is?
0: Bingo. You are the winner of the million dollar question right there. Congratulations. That is an asinine statement from a head coach. If yes. anybody wants to break that down, uh, I'll break it down for you, Tom. And, and I don't mean to be so angry at it, but it's like, dude, when you talk about who the leadership council is and who you need to who you need to check in with, right. that's you, bro.
1: Yeah. You're the
0: leadership council. You're the head coach of the University of Texas. You're the leader. The thing that yeah. Texas pays I mean, you like, five million a year to do. That that's lead. And like you, I
1: understand, like where that, he's coming what? from. He's referring to like how and and I know you don't need me to explain to you this but anyone know, listening like a lot of programs do have specific players that are beyond just the captains of the team that run through each you know level of seniority and there's representation for the whole team and it's and it normally is like a council but the fact that he is saying publicly he has to ask his leadership council what the pulse of the team is because he doesn't know because he doesn't have his hand on that like that is concerning and that really points to You know, maybe uh, realistically, like we've talked about this culture and the foundation within a program, and clearly it's just not there for Texas.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, programs can have different winning cultures. You know, if you look at what Saban is at Alabama compared to Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, they're night and day. Yep. Slubby emotions and feelings. The other one is a strict, uh, you know, master. Mm -hmm. They can both work. But that right there, like you said, is telling. When you hear a head coach say, I need to figure out where my team's at, they clearly have no read on their team. And no. that is exactly what you saw against TCU, an undisciplined team that despite the refs yeah. were atrocious, even Joel Clapp mentioned they it. They were. Like he said, that's the worst officiated game I've ever seen. I, I, I want no excuses. Those were okay. self-inflicted wounds. Don't St- make
1: the mistakes. The refs don't have to make the calls.
0: There you go. Exactly. I don't want to hear it. Um, and that is just a telltale mark of a undisciplined, uncoached team that isn't being developed in the right way and so Texas fans apart from A&M fans who have had success in the SEC Texas fans know what it takes they've been to the mountaintop and they won they've seen what it takes to get there so they're quicker like I am to look at a Tom Herman saying this and be like bro this ain't gonna work out we've heard this song and dance before we know this is gonna end we know how this ends we've been through this before Mac did it Charlie did it you're doing it it's not gonna be any different dude it's year four right. of your tenure. And kind of like with Kellen Mond, not to, to beat a dead horse with this, but we talked about this early on in our show. I put Kellen Mond and Sam Ellinger in the position of that these two quarterbacks are serviceable enough that you right. shouldn't have to rely on them to be perfect to win every game. We've right. seen that with A&M. We've seen that with Texas. You know, Sam Ellinger had a terrible game against TCU, still put up four touchdowns, and he has to be perfect now for that team to win. That's ridiculous. Right. As we talk about with an Alabama Haley, Mac Jones does not have to be perfect, does he?
1: He just needs to game manage.
0: Exactly. And put and the ball in
1: his playmaker's hands.
0: So you look at both of those programs, I honestly would say that AM's probably trending up because I, I know the next train stop for Texas on this. I know where this yeah. I know where this ends up for sure. Yeah.
1: I truthfully as an AM fan and like I grew up in AM. You know, like literally grew up in college station. I've like I've said I've had season tickets since I was six months old, like I know the pains of being an Aggie and I can foresee a and giving Jimbo Fisher at least five years to get his shit together.
0: Five years is a long time in the college game. I'm going to give him maybe right. shorter than that. I, I think,
1: I mean, you give him next season.
0: Yeah. I think, I think this kind of can go into another topic as far as um, who we give time to. And right. I think when you look at certain programs, like fans get really frustrated when they see windows so, for instance, the Texas Longhorns this year. Texas Longhorn fans are frustrated right now because they saw what the Big Twelve was going to be for the most part. You know, yeah. new quarterbacks, new coordinators. Um, you're you're this stable, and I put that in quotes, right? Stable for anybody not watching us. Program that you have a senior class and a great quarterback, and right. it just doesn't happen. Right. Um, I look at this coming weekend with what happened in the Big Twelve in Iowa State, which Big Twelve is just whoo, it's the upside down,
1: right. It's literally a dumpster fire.
0: When we talk about programs like OU in Texas and like what happens now? Yeah. Like Haley, I got to ask you what happens now? Because I think at least in this might be in my lifetime, the biggest Red River shootout, not in terms of who's going to, you know, go chase a national title, but who falls and sets himself back years.
1: Right. And okay again dramatic longhorn that's like literally going to be the new mantra for you but it's because fine. That's fine. because I don't think an Oklahoma loss here three losses in a row yes is bad but Oklahoma's situation is far and wide different than what Texas is Oklahoma has such a young team that there's going to be hiccups and there's going to be growing pains. And especially in a season that is unlike any other. And especially when it comes to scheduling that I think Oklahoma and I hope the Oklahoma fan base keeps that in mind going through the rest of the season. You need to have the mindset and the perspective and the support of your team, your young team to know that every time they step out on the field this season, it's not going to be perfect. It's probably going to be pretty ugly most of the time, but these are valuable situations that your young group of guys are getting in right now in a chaotic season that will set you up for success in the future. Whereas Texas, Texas is literally standing on eggshells or realistically at the edge of a cliff that they're about to get pushed over if one more thing happens that the fan base isn't happy with.
0: Absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, that's that's kind of where I set right now. I think 0 and three for Oklahoma fans, which would be the first time since 1998 is going to be a tough pill to swallow. Uh, however, like you but said, like you're
1: gonna be okay,
0: you're gonna be okay. Like this yeah. year is already like you're kind of done with it. It's about developing and getting on and hey, right. you can still like in a world of college football, which is the world of hyperbole when we announce things dead and alive and dead and alive. Right. Big 12 right now is dead. However, we have no idea. So, technically, you could still be in the running for something at the
1: 100%. end. 100%. We I mean, just
0: don't know. Uh, the Big 12 is still very much in play with seeing how bad it is. But I completely yeah. agree. This, for me, uh, just looking at it, is a bigger game for Texas. If Texas uses sure. this game. Uh, there are just things to point out. Not that I'm calling for Herman's job, even though I pretty much am. But his athletic director is not the guy that brought him in. They right. are updating their new stadium. They are looking to win all over the place. And, you know, their athletic director, Christo Conti, was the guy who brought in Gary Patterson and made TCU a great player. Right. That's not and his I, guy. That's a big deal that a lot of times people don't pay attention to.
1: And I think also the other thing to just watch when playing these – watching these two teams this weekend is, is Texas going to show up and play like they have something to lose? and Oklahoma play like they have nothing to lose. And that might be that single mentality factor might be the key indicator to how this game turns out.
0: I, I got to tell you, Haley, I think if you're going to watch a game this weekend, be sure and tune in to just watch the beginning of that one, because I think it's going to be fireworks there. I mean, these are two people and Herman and Lincoln, they don't yeah. want to you know the, the amount of want to in this game, I think will be at an all time high yeah oh does not want to go zero and three and texas right. does not want to lose this game because, to, yeah especially tom herman because he knows if he loses it's probably adios
1: yep and so, i mean again i'm so excited because we're gonna have a lot to talk about next week because it's gonna be the tale of two cultures
0: oh my gosh it is uh yep. and- I put no faith uh, in Herman. I put a lot of faith in Sam Ellinger to maybe out outduel Spencer Rattler, who who still seems Haley. And it's natural; it's weird for us to watch it because it's Oklahoma, and we're so used right. to stellar quarterback play. But his uh, late game decisions have been killers for Oklahoma. Yeah. Obviously, he's only going to get better, but um, he's been thrown into double coverage a lot to end some ball games. He did it against Kansas State and a pass behind yep. his receiver to end it. And I know he complained about the holding call. Um, against Iowa State, I got to tell you right. something. that free safety was sitting on that ball no matter what. It didn't right. matter if he got held, right? Coming up to get that ball,
1: and I mean, but at least like at the same time, like I can recognize a kid's might and his want to win, oh, yeah, and for his sure. fire. And like at the end of the day, in 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 the same vein, I would say Sam Ellinger has that too. He has the heart of that Texas team. And if there's someone that's going to kind of pull him out of their rut, clearly it's not going to be Tom Herman. It's going to be Sammy.
0: You know what, I'm going to back you up why you're 100% right, because that's what Tom said, you know, the leadership council thing, yeah. which that's him. Right. Sam said after the game, uh, I don't care if we like each other, if you don't like me or whatever, we're going to go win. He called right. out everybody saying basically, and we all know this to be true as adults, like you don't have to like the people you work with, but you got to work well together. Right. right. So It's right. amazing to me that that kid has more leadership than his own that coach who's sense. like, well, where are my leaders at?
1: <laughs> who's, who's, who's i the thought the we were talking here? about tackling oh shit i'm the head coach
0: oh god <laughs> oh man i don't know what i'm doing we know um so that's a, yeah. that's a massive game and it's, it's crazy i mean we i don't think any of us thought the big 12 was going to be this bad this year we knew that it wasn't going to be great but it's right. shocking to see it. we got to give massive props uh to matt campbell and iowa state for what they yeah. did to put themselves now kind of in the driver's seat to win this damn thing
1: Right, then Oklahoma, and the Oklahoma State, Oklahoma for what State? it's worth, Oklahoma State is still playing a very tough Baylor team this weekend at Baylor, and we saw, I mean, Baylor's another one of those places that it's like, do you have social distancing rules in place, or it's just the whole student body allowed to go to the game?
0: It's been disappointing, but, depending upon the games you watch. It's been there for every game, like every fan base has been... Georgia
1: no. is one of them, too.
0: Oh, Jesus, yeah, they were pretty bad, yeah. People need to do a lot better at that. Um, but the Big 12, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing finishes up. If you're looking for entertainment, yeah. head on over to that conference. My yep, God.
1: absolutely.
0: Um, and it's just crazy to the state of the world. And Haley, I, I think it kind of goes back before we uh, uh, preview the big games this weekend because we have massive games. We just talked about Texas OU, but we have uh, big matchups in the ACC and also SEC. As you talked about at the beginning of the year, uh, our playoff picture, and you had two ACC teams going. Yep. I'm more on board after that after this weekend. I mean, and it wasn't really just because of OU and Texas. It was right. more about watching Georgia and Florida. It was more about seeing how Alabama was going to handle a, a good team. Well, I know AM's not great, but right. i going to handle that. And then just seeing what Miami's doing and UNC and Clemson. Like, just put two of the, pick two teams from that. Top. <laughs> that's what I think we want. Like, that's right. what I personally want. And if Ohio State happens to luck out and go undefeated, We'll have that conversation when we get there. Yeah, right we'll now, have that
1: conversation once Ohio State plays two or three games.
0: Exactly. But for, for now, I'm more on board with your two ACC teams to the postseason.
1: Well, and especially because, guys, if you look at the top 25 rankings, which came out, I think, today, um, you know, UNC is now a top 10 team after their win over Boston College. They jumped from two to eight. You know, you, interestingly, Georgia jumped Florida. Uh, Florida was number three last week. I don't know what the voters were pissed off about for that one, but Florida dropped to number four, Georgia jumped them as number three. I think they're just trying to keep that one spicy for in a couple weeks when they play each other on November 7th. Um, And then just other, a couple other notables, you know, Oklahoma state massive jump again, which like this also really speaks to the fluidity of this season. And especially big 12 fans. I feel like you need to hear this. Like Oklahoma State's loss drop them in the bottom tier of the top 25 they win again now they're they jump 10 spots you know so there's just so much fluidity and there's so few teams that are actually playing that are worth being quantified as good enough to be in a top 25 that's kind of just like how you have to take things with a grain of salt this season you know Oregon had a player opt back in and they jumped two spots. It's just, that's it's, the thing. it's, that's yeah. how it is this year. And, you know, of course they're keeping AM and in Texas and at lowly <laughs> number 21 and 22. They're,
0: they're buddies, you know, they're buddies. <laughs> they're
1: right. just, they're just might as well just hold hands and frolic through this season at this point together.
0: They might as well. I mean, they are the same program. They might not want to hang out in the same place, but they are the same person. They're twins right. this year. Right. That's what it is. Everybody's laughing at both of you. That's yes. just how it goes.
1: Like how people say yeah. the state of California and Texas.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's look, it's and like you said, I think you've nailed it on the head when we're looking, and that's kind of why I, I said the Big Twelve I don't think is dead yet, is because right. of we have no idea. I mean, there are scenarios where Ohio State could be rolling and then they have cancellations and Justin Fields is like, you know what? I'm out of here. And then he right. leaves. That right. that's a realistic thing. We have more head coaches Uh, unfortunately kevin sumlin got coronavirus down at arizona you know best wishes to coach stuff like that is going to continue to happen where we have no idea like any possible this year
1: right uh, this year more than ever. Shout out to SMU making their top 25 appearance. They're finally getting some recognition after their defeat of Memphis who is a top 25 opponent. Um they come in at number 18 also. So that's someone to look at because like we talked about, I mean UCF, you're done. You lost to Tulsa. You're not going to make the top 4 now. No. So I mean SMU is holding on with everything they've got. Same with Cincinnati. Like there there could be an outlier here that could make this year really fun. So It could
0: be. And I when you look at those two teams specifically, like people, I think are very much more aware of SMU and that offense, and they know that that's a thing. So it's right. like it's a con, which is important to be a part of that because this also is, guys. I, uh, you know, Larry Scott and all those guys and Kevin Warren will tell you this isn't about money, but it very much is. So when right. it comes to the postseason, you do want entertainment in there, uh, yeah. and having a an SMU maybe as that four spot sliding in.
1: Especially knowing the prestige that SMU did have at one point in time pre-death penalty and, you know, the likes of the talent that has really realistically come out of that program, I know like decades ago at this point. But still, regardless, it's fun to see them kind of rise back to relevancy. And like you said, I think that they just need to keep putting up big-time numbers um, in order to really turn some of the voters' heads for the college football playoff, but they're a possibility. so. They are. And, this, and the season of unknowns.
0: They are a possibility. Obviously, if this was a regular year, we're saying it's cute, it's fun that they're doing that, but they don't have a shot. This year, right. they could be one of the only teams left standing. I mean, they are one of not only the four, uh, the undefeated teams in Texas, they're one of the only undefeated football teams in the country. Right. At 4-0. and o. There's only a right. couple 4-0 teams. That's SMU, so they've been doing it. Yeah. Um, but it is going to be interesting to see how that um, – playoff um, discussion heats up because this weekend Haley as we kind of get into our discussion with it is massive on a bunch right. of different levels just uh starting off we'll, we'll hit every conference in those big games but this is a big robbery weekend this is a big who is literally going to the next level whose season is over type of games and in the ACC we have two massive matchups with Clemson and Miami and UNC and VTech, and let's start with Clemson, Miami. This is the first. Oh, I'm game. so Maybe.
1: fired up for this one. I can't. I've been it. talking about this one.
0: Um, we didn't know what the Kings were going to be coming in this year. De'Aaron King has been wonderful. They've got weapons everywhere. Cameron Harris right. has been great. This is going to be their first test for everybody. All of us get to see are the U back.
1: Yeah, and I and I think the big test and the biggest test that the U is going to have to face is the fact that it is Trevor Lawrence and that. Offense, because as I've been pointing out, you know Miami has won some of my awards. Some I remember the Titans awards. Miami's been putting up numbers, but they've also been giving up a lot on defense. They're doing a great job of turning the ball over, forcing that, and winning the turnover battle. But at the end of the day, they're still allowing their opponents in the 350 to 450 range of yards on offense. And with a team like Clemson, you cannot allow them to do that so Miami's defense is what's really going to need to step up in this game and show me something in order to walk out of there with a win
0: I agree it's going to be interesting and I think on the other side the offense has to be perfect right like it has to go tit for tat I mean because you know Etienne's going to get his touches and Rodgers and I think Trevor is going to like I think he can smell blood like all right this is the first real game I think you get back a motivated Trevor Lawrence and right and it's going to be the biggest thing obviously is how does Manny Diaz, how does D.R. King, how do they handle this moment? Because this is a massive yeah. moment for them. And it's way bigger for them than it is for Clemson, obviously. So it'll be interesting to see if they can run with it. So far, I think they I think they can run with this Clemson team. Do I think they can beat them? No. Right. So we'll right. see. Um and the next and, beginning- I'm,
1: and I'm on the opposite. I, you know, I'm gonna call it right now. I am putting Clemson on upset alert by Miami. Ooh,
0: okay. Upset alert for the U. I right. alert
1: for you okay, I'm gonna gotcha. do it I'm pulling I'm pulling the trigger. I do feel good about them in this spot. I think that um, I think it's going to be a very close game, but the way I foresee it is Miami's going to come out with a lot of energy, nothing to lose. really take it to Clemson. Clemson get put on their heels the first three quarters they start surging back the third four, the late of the third quarter, early fourth quarter and make it a game but ultimately I think Miami walks out of there.
0: I like it. That's bold. Uh, That would be pure chaos. So I support that. (laughs) I'm sticking with Trevor and Travis. I think they're going to be fine. Uh, But we'll get a really good gauge, one way or the other, of how good Miami is and the strength of this ACC conference. Which, also, on the flip side of that, the big surprise, not biggest surprise, but hey, rising team is UNC. And they're taking on a B Tech team that has been flying under the radar because they didn't play their first few games because of postponements. Well, they're 2-0 in conference play right now, Haley, and they're running at a ridiculous clip. They've averaged 319 yards in two games. Right. Which is really, really good. And right. I put UNC on my upset alert last week because they had been absent three weeks from play, and they did look really sleepy against Boston College. They almost let that game yeah. get away from them. So in this match, this is a tough, hokey team. UNC has got to mm-hmm. take care of business if they want to mm-hmm. be in the running for it. What and do you I've, make of this one?
1: I just feel like we haven't seen – The potential and the hope that we've wanted UNC to be, which is why this shocks me that they moved up as much as they did and move, you know, they moved up four spots. They're in the top 10 now because they did, you know, just kind of have a almost zombie like game against Boston College. They were clearly the superior team, clearly more talented. So they got away with the win, but I'm just still waiting for this UNC offense that we are so hyped about and for them to actually start clicking and, you know, figuring their shit out a little bit. Because right now they feel like a team that just doesn't have an identity, doesn't know who they are, doesn't know what they're playing for. And I hope that they figure that out sooner rather than later before it's too late.
0: Yeah, and I mean, this is a UNC team we talked about last year it was so heckle and, j- <laughs>
1: heckle and jide. Heckle and <laughs> jide. Heckle and jide.
0: Sorry. JT barrett
1: also plays for georgia just exactly
0: yin and yang if you will uh they were all over the place i mean this is a game yeah. last year against v tech that they went to six overtimes with um right this is a team that's very inconsistent you saw what they could do they could almost beat clemson but then they go drop a game they didn't need to and like you right. said we haven't seen them take that next step they yeah. keep letting teams get back into it they start off well and then the teams just chip away and like boston college should not be there at the end of that game Right. Like they should not be in that position. You're a better, more talented team, be it. So right. this could be a tricky game for UNC because we always they were the darling pick to be the one that could contend in the ACC um because of a favorable schedule. But I'm gonna be interested to see how they take care of business.
1: Yeah, same.
0: Um, and then we've already kind of talked about Texas and OU. And I mean, what more can you say that this is um this one is a big one? This is a big Little Red space. River. High-stakes game. Uh, OU, if you lose, you're 0-3. Texas, if you lose, you got a new head coach. Um, <laughs> there's a guy in L.A. who, like, really likes the coordinators at Texas because they're all Ohio State guys. I'm just saying. I don't know. It'd be kind of interesting. You know, he's been down there living it up. Dramatic
1: longhorn. Maybe
0: he's ready to get back in the game. I don't know. Am I ready to sell myself for that? Yes, I am. I, I,
1: want,
0: <laughs> I want to win before COVID takes me. Um, But we'll see. Massive game for both programs. And then going to the SEC, not too many big matchups, Haley, but there is, you know, when we're looking at the SEC East, and I think like what you said, stirring up the the rankings, like Georgia jumping Florida, I'm like, have y'all been watching Florida? Right. How did did Georgia jump that? Like, um, with all due respect to Georgia's amazing defense, which is third in the nation in total defense right now, but that's a big disrespect. So Georgia playing Tennessee this week, Is there, is Tennessee a team that can even contend in the East? Like, are they even going to be there?
1: I want to say yes. I, I don't put Tennessee. I don't know what to make of Tennessee, honestly, because they've been so much of a dumpster fire every single season that now that's just kind of my impression of them, but here they are. They've won their last eight games straight. They currently have the longest win streak in the country, and they really are a team that are turning heads and turning things around. So if, you know, if Georgia's not on their P's and Q's, Tennessee might come out there and snag this one. You know, we've seen a Georgia team at their worst a couple weeks ago. You Mm -hmm. know, their opening game, they looked bad. Awful, awful. And so now, I mean, if if they don't come out there fired up, Tennessee, Tennessee might do it.
0: Hey, if you're winning, you, you know how to win. Uh, I know that sounds right. like a weird thing because Tom Herman's always like winning is hard. But like if you have that winning mentality, like it, this would be a good test for Georgia.
1: If that Auburn, becomes your expectation, yeah, then that's it, how you play.
0: Exactly. And I think when we watched Georgia and Auburn, because the vendor was like, well, guys, they played, you know, eighth ranked Auburn. Well, we didn't, Auburn hasn't done anything really to deserve that. No. They are no. still a mystery on offense. Auburn has
1: Auburn has no identity whatsoever. Like, yes, yeah. they have the name Bo Nix on their roster. And Seth that Williams means is, nothing to me. No, and Seth Williams to me right is now. great.
0: But like, right. we still don't know who Bo Nix, Bo Nix is not a consistent quarterback. That is not yeah. a consistent team. You don't know who they are. I was telling you before we shot today that that's still a team that'll go beat Bama somehow. Somehow they'll beat <laughs> Bama. But I don't think that was a really good gauge for what Georgia was. That defensive no. performance was great. But I agree with you that this could be a tricky game for Georgia that they better bring. Because,
1: like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, yes, Georgia did look like the most complete team, but like, 27 points might not do it against Tennessee
0: it might not and I certainly got you got to think Florida Dan Mullins so happy right now he's got locker room material to be like they think George is better than us right now right they think they're better and, than and us and now
1: Florida is gonna come take that out on AM. so that's fine
0: oh your poor little Aggies that's Thank the other you. notable game in the SEC rank matchup that might boot the Aggies out of the top 25 uh I'm gonna pray <sighs> for them it's gonna be I don't hey know. you
1: know what let's just say it like this if one if one goes down, we're going down together. If Texas loses to OU, <laughs> then a has got to lose to Florida, and they can hop right on out of the top 25 together.
0: That might be the case. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I actually think the Aggies will put up a better fight. Something's got to give. I think right. Kellen might have a game. This Florida defense isn't as good as it was last year. Obviously, they right. lost so much talent, uh, specifically on the perimeter. But, like, I, I – I don't know if it's going to be enough, but I think the Aggies can make this closer than it was last week against Alabama.
1: Right. I mean, A&M did show some promise. And like I said, that they do have pieces on that team that flash, um, not amazement by any means, but, like, there there are flashes of hope. You know, Anaya Smith, he's – doing his thing like someone else needs to step up alongside him you know you're starting to see some of these receivers the one thing i will say and i commend anm's offense for this was anm's o line played wonderfully against alabama and they were,
0: like that was that was the interesting thing like when it got tied up Haley i was like this is a game like right. if anm keeps playing like this they could go tit for tat and, and make this a thing.
1: And A and players after the game came out and said like they never felt like they were out of it. They truly felt like they were competing, you know, pound for pound, blow for blow with an Alabama team. And that almost kind of says more than what the final score ends up being because you take away a Killin poor decision of a pick six. Yep. You know, you take you have Anaya Smith catch that ball on fourth and two, and things go differently and I know you can't technically sit here and say and I'm making up excuses for a but what the point being that there are bright spots with this team they are a young team aside from Kellen Mond and the defense because a defensive line has looked very good I mean the player batting the ball DeMarvin Leal batting the ball getting an interception you know like they're making plays and there are bigger moments but now they just need to start collectively doing that and minimizing the mistakes let their big moments stay, but minimize on those mistakes. And like I mentioned, A&M's, you know, receiving core is so young that playing teams like Alabama, they're getting it quicker. They're being baptized a lot earlier in the SEC than oh, they yeah. initially would have given this had been a regular season because that's also why I would say that A&M fans are going to be more lenient on Jimbo Fisher this season is because A&M prior to COVID had one of the easiest schedules in the country. And the yeah. way things fell for them, that's why AM thought AM, that's why everyone thought AM was going to break through this season because the schedule was going to permit them to do so. But when the schedule changed to being a strictly SEC schedule, that went right out the window. So now you have these young players that are getting baptized very, very early, but I think it can only set them up for success. So I think it'll be a game. I don't think AM gets the win. I really don't. These two teams um, haven't played in Kyle Field since the very first game of AM being in the That's SEC right. back That's in right. 2012. Johnny's game. I remember Johnny's, watching yep. that. Yep. Johnny's yeah. game, first game. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be a fun one. I will say that. I have very low expectations. If you follow me on Twitter, I tweeted when the game was tied 14-14. in asterisk. I said, don't get excited. Don't get excited. Don't get excited. Yeah. Because good. I have to, I have to like internalize that, you know, like that's what it means and what it feels like to be an Aggie. So we'll see. I do not have my hopes up. I'm very, very realistic here. But I do think that there's enough talent on that roster to make something shake.
0: I think so. I, I hope so. I mean, that's, that's a frustration I think people have when they look at a Jimbo Fisher um, right. or they look at a coach. It's like, what is your mark? Okay. You're an offensive guy. You, you develop quarterbacks really well. Quarterback me, guru, Jay Manuel and, and Jameis Winston, you guys were high flying offense. You put up 14 points against Alabama. Like what, what the fuck is that? Like, right. excuse my language, but it, it like, no, it yeah. gets, it gets to that frustrating point. It's like, dude, you say you're the master at this. So I would like to see, an, uh, I would like to see A&M actually score some points against Florida, like make it a tough Great. game, like quit giving me this. Well, we got this tough schedule. And it's like, nobody wants to hear that, Jimbo, like you just need to go. It doesn't matter if you have yeah. opt outs. You're the offensive mastermind, make it happen on the field. You got a good enough quarterback to do it. Yep. And I know that might piss off Aggie fans. The same when I say Sam Ellinger Well, no, I is mean, Ke- well Kellen Mond deals. is
1: Kellen Mond is just about second in every quarterback metric in the record books of A and M.
0: And so is Sam Ellinger. It's like right. they're the same person. It's it's absolutely insane. It's hey, crazy. and in fairness,
1: Aggie A and M put up twenty four points. Oh, Thank excuse me, very much. Give them more me. credit. Sorry,
0: sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I missed I missed ten. Well, I want to see forty or thirty. Give me thirty.
1: Thirty. G- give me I'll,
0: thirty points. Right. Right. Give me 30 and you points. Will, and
1: you will say that you're proud of Texas A&M. And if I will say I'm proud of Texas A&M. Points.
0: There's a little bit of a demon inside me, the <laughs> Angel situation going on because it's like uh, for OU Texas because it's like I want Texas to win because then we still have a shot at the Big 12 title. But if Texas loses, maybe things get better uh, for the long haul. I'm trying right. to figure out which one I want. Uh. It's a terrible thing as a fan when you're stuck, and you've been in that situation with a And Like everybody right. has that school. Like if that's your school, that had gone through. Like, actually, it's okay that Charlie Strong lost to Kansas because then he's gone, and we get a new <laughs> coach. And then it's Tom Herman. Let's lose to OU. Yep. You trade a lot when you're a fan. It's it's the worst in the world. So, yep. uh, hence the name of our show. Teams are great. The fans, we suck. We're just yeah. we're crazy people.
1: Facts. Facts. <laughs>
0: Um, I'm excited for this I think we weekend. know everything. We do think we, hey, we've, we've done pretty good this year. We've called out OU's woes. We were high on Florida, high on SMU. Jacksonville
1: State made it a game with Florida State. <laughs> I'm
0: so glad you brought that up. I'm so, gr- I, I forgot to mention that. Before we get out of here, we teased it last week that Florida State could possibly lose to Jacksonville State. And, and they Haley. were at
1: halftime.
0: Haley, I was texting you. I was texting you score. It was like seven to nothing. my my like, Haley, 14 0. Yeah. nothing. Haley. 21 nothing Haley <laughs>
1: they I was so glad that you're keeping me up to date on that game because as an A&M fan and what we're going through knowing that Florida State fans are out there oh. makes me feel so much better about myself so,
0: I can uh thank you yeah,
1: thank you Florida State
0: they're having a tough year this year and right. sometimes you got to go through that luckily they did not lose I think they're going to be making a switch at quarterback too for yeah. this upcoming game against Notre Dame because you got to try something. Oh,
1: they're like Notre Dame this weekend <laughs> Something,
0: well I, I always think sometimes it's more pressure on Notre on the higher ranked team better team coming in it's like you better not mess up against these guys
1: yeah they're yeah. really
0: bad so don't be caught sleeping eyebrows
1: will State. raise if Florida State makes this a game like oh no!
0: no 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 yeah which I don't again there, there are pieces that you have to have to even be competitive in college football, and they still do not have that. They do not have an offensive line. Right. They are lacking talent defensively outside of Marvin Wilson. That is just, they They miss things to play. That's it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we want to get your thoughts. I mean, everybody listening or watching, be sure and hit us up this weekend on what you're going to be uh, checking out. I say check out Texas OU. Definitely be watching Clemson. In Miami, Miami cannot yeah. wait for that game first. This right. is the first like really big week, like big stakes. Hey,
1: it's October football.
0: October, October
1: football. It's the best. That's the be- it's the best month of the year.
0: <sighs> well, Haley, any parting shots?
1: Oh, no, I uh, just want to remind our Big Ten fans out there that I still don't think your season's happening. So <laughs> just going to continuously remind you of the reality of your situation again. You saw what happened in the NFL this week. If you didn't, you're a buffoon. The Titans have had 18 positive tests within their org. I think it might be up to 20 now. So if you really think that you're going to get off scot-free in your perfect little eight-week game and Ohio State's going to go to the college football playoff, check yourself.
0: You're gonna to have to check yourself. My parting thought would to, to add on to that is that I hope the Big Ten knows that all of you are just stepping stones for Ohio State this year. I know Penn State what? fans are gonna be mad to hear me say that, but yeah. That's basically all you're playing for. So maybe don't play. I don't know.
1: <laughs> all or nothing. All, all or, or nothing, nothing for the yeah. for Ohio State.
0: All right, um, uh, give out social handles.
1: Yep, you can follow me on Instagram, Haley Graves of two S's, that's H-A-L-E-Y-G-R-A-V-E-S-S, and on Twitter, which I get a little wild on College Football Saturdays, so make sure you come and join me there. Haley, one, Graves, two.
0: And I'm Tyler Coe, the Tyler Coe on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you guys for watching and listening to the show. Uh, I'm going to give a half-hearted, hook em horns. Let's Thanks go. them. Let's go get them, guys. Let's be the best Texas football teams we can <laughs> All right. Let's
1: channel our inner SMU people. Thanks. Okay. Bye, everyone.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and
1: search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.